Jamar Chase did not make his return against the Tennessee Titans. Well, probably for the best. The Bengals get the win anyway. Jamar gets one more week of rest. Let's break it down. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. It's going to be another Victory Monday podcast here on Lockdown Bengals as the Bengals defeat the Titans on the road in Tennessee. Before we get there, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. You can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 right now at prizepicks.com with promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on at prizepicks.com. As always, you can find us on YouTube anywhere you get your podcast here on Lockdown Bengals, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering your team every day, being available everywhere you get your podcasts. And make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that follow button. Join the first listen club and tell us about it because we love it when we hear about that. But James, the Bengals win a very important game as we discussed 20 to 16 over the Tennessee Titans could have been 23 to 16. The Evan McPherson field goal nullified by a game ending uh, defenseless player, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty where Tennessee tries to go through the long snapper on the field goal kick. That is a penalty. That is a cut and dry penalty, despite people out there arguing that the rest were too involved in this game one way or another. The Bengals then kneel it out from there. But another big game for T. Higgins as Jamar Chase doesn't play. And I think that is where I start at least because with the reports on Saturday that Jamar Chase wasn't going to suit up, it was a little bit surprising, I think, for both of us that the Bengals chose, you know what, we're going to play it safe. We're going to hold him out for a week after he got through those limited practices last week. Yeah, he went through an extensive pregame workout in really the workout that he would have gone through had he been playing. And then he, well, he's on the inactive list. And we knew he was going to be inactive, you know, after Saturday and and, and hearing what uh, Jordan Schultz first reported and, and then went from there. But, you know, this Bengals team, they found a way. And it was always going to be ugly. You know, I was talking to a listener before the game. Shout out to the listeners that always say hi before the game and, or viewers, I would say. Um, and I was like, look, this one's going to be ugly. And with Chase, would it have been a little less ugly? Maybe. But it was ugly. But T. Higgins making two huge catches in the fourth quarter, and really three, because he had the catch, a big third down catch to, to give the Bengals a conversion and a new set of downs uh, on the sidelines. Huge play. And, and then the two 29-yarders, first the 29-yard touchdown that gave the Bengals the lead for good, and then the 29-yarder that gave them the uh, first in 10, another set of downs late in the fourth quarter. Just Huge, huge, huge. And so now back-to-back 100-plus yard performances, seven receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. And he dropped one of those, Jake. So those numbers could have been even better. T. Higgins playing great. I thought Burrow was good, not great. You know, there were were some times uh, where it's like, ah, what was like dump-offs. There were a couple dump-offs that were questionable, I would say. There was the the slip in the pocket, and then it, it turned into an intentional grounding. I don't think Burrow was his best, but he didn't turn the ball over, and he made great throws down the stretch. And I think that's the difference in some of these games. When you're on the road 
against these, you know, a physical team like the Titans and the Bengals were clearly annoyed by that post game that they heard all week long, how physical the Titans were again. And yeah, again, and this Bengals team, they're like, Oh, we can win ugly too. And they didn't have a key turnover. They responded uh, to any adversity they faced throughout the game. And uh, you look up and they get the win and they've won five of six. Now they're seven and four on the season. Baltimore losing just like that. The AFC North race is tight, 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 and they're tied for first place. Yeah, a couple of things there. First off, T. Higgins dropped. Like, that's coming at a time when the game is still ugly, too. And luckily, that's not the most memorable thing for T. Higgins in this game. The absolute destruction of Roger McCreary, who has no hope in a contested situation with, <laughs> with T. Higgins because he gives up like a foot of height and a foot of arm length on both arms, I think. Poor Roger McCreary out there. And then a ridiculous throwing catch with Christian Fulton in coverage, the second one to just get that first down in the in the four minute drill to end the game. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a crazy play for both those guys. Uh, really, really positive day for T. Higgins overall. But going back to the beginning of the game, when that drop happened, that that should have been a first down, right? And instead. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get that. You have two penalties to take away first downs. You have Cam Taylor Britt chasing down Derrick Henry on a 75-yard screen pass and, and nearly forcing a fumble to get a takeaway to take Tennessee's points off the board. Instead, Tennessee falls on it for a touchdown. Traylon Burks is there. You, you have uh, a tipped pass at the line of scrimmage from DJ Reader that ends up being caught. You have a batted pass by a wide receiver on a drop that flutters into the air that nobody can catch for the Bengals that falls to the ground harmlessly. Tennessee is able to kick a field goal. seems like all of these bounces, especially early in the game, are going Tennessee's way over and over. And it just wasn't enough because what did we say? We said coming into this game, control the running game. The Bengals were excellent, excellent against the run. Mike Hilton making a number of plays again in run defense. The defensive front generally really good against the run. Derrick Henry had another poor game against the Bengals where DJ Reader was playing football on the other side of the field. That maybe shouldn't surprise us anymore, but you would think the way Derrick Henry's season has gone, this would have been another opportunity for him to go. The Bengals controlled the run. Number two was don't turn the ball over, take care of the ball. The Bengals did that, and despite having penalties and bad ball-bouncing luck, they did enough to win the game in the end because they, they didn't give the Titans extra possessions. And, and so despite some of the self-inflicted wounds with the punt return penalties and the penalties to take away first downs that led to more punts than they should have had, not having those turnovers, controlling the run, ball control game, gave them an opportunity to make plays at the end of the game to win it, and that's what they did. And sometimes you have to win this way. You know, the, in Burrow after the game saying that this, this is a game that great teams win. And you're on the road. You're right. You face some adversity. You almost turn a huge play by Derrick Henry into a fumble recovery. And instead, it's a touchdown. And you don't get to see if your your red zone defense can step up, which they stepped up throughout the game. And so who knows? Maybe the Bengals only. Yeah, maybe the Bengals hold them uh, to just three there after that because he was certainly going to get tackled. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so the ability to respond to those things. And, you know, even in the third quarter, they get the stop, get great field position, and they can't do anything with it on offense. And it felt like a big moment. 
again. It, yeah, it, the penalty. You're right. The penalty, the holding derailed it. Right? It was a holding on on Collins, I believe. Collins on a running play on third and very short. Yeah. Yep. That that Pirine second effort was mm-hmm. able to get, and then instead the holding backs you up. Now you have to punt. And I was like, man, that felt like a big moment where you could grab some momentum in your first lead. But they were just calm, cool, collected. And then they take that 13 to 10 lead. Then they hold him to a field goal. And then boom, fourth quarter, Joe Burrow hooks up a T. Higgins a couple of times. And Trenton Irwin stepping up mm. again. What a catch that was. By the way, bad challenge by Mike Vrabel. I get Awful. it. It's frustrating. But it was clearly a catch. Like, from any angle, I was never really doubting it. So yeah, maybe Joe Burrow baited him a little bit there, hustling up to the line of scrimmage, trying to quick snap the next play to to get them to throw a challenge flag. Maybe he, that means Rabel thought that it was questionable, throws it out there in the heat of the moment. But yeah, we're we're talking about some of the same offensive heroes as last week, right? You, you got Joe Burrow, who you're right, it wasn't an incredibly productive game or anything like that. But I did think he was pretty good in the pocket. I thought the field was terrible when he slips and has to ground it. That's one yeah. of several times on the game where Bengals players lost their footing. Tyler, Tyler Boyd lost his footing on another one that should have been a first down. Instead, he falls coming out of his break, stumbles coming out of his break, can't make a play on it. But we're talking about a lot of the same guys, right? Samaj P. Ryan, again, second effort on running plays, making plays as a receiver early in the game on a Texas or angle route for a big play when the Bengals are deep in their own territory. You're, you're talking about T. Higgins again this week. You're talking about Trent Irwin. Only one catch this week. It was less flashy than last week and he had four targets in the game so did Tyler Boyd by the way four targets two catches for Boyd but Irwin making a huge huge incredibly difficult back shoulder catch really impressive play from him there along the sideline full extension on a back shoulder that is not easy to do more to talk about though in this one James is is time a flat circle because it sort of feels like it is you got Drew Christman to talk about as well so More notes on this game as we continue our post-game reaction coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. You can find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcasts. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil in Audible. He takes the conversation about football to the next level. He'll sit down with star players, coaches, former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes. Inside locker rooms, during team meetings, you're going to hear from guys like Christian McCaffrey and his love-hate with fantasy football. Juju Smith-Schuster gives his honest opinions on other players. That could be interesting, certainly. All you have to do is check it out on Audible or wherever you get your podcast. Catch the Full Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere now. Audible. Get in the game. James, as we continue to talk about this Week 12 win for the Cincinnati Bengals, now tied in the win-loss column with the Baltimore Ravens atop the AFC North, although, of course, we're going to hear about the tiebreakers. Rightfully so at this point in the season, I think they do count for a game for Baltimore, and this looks like a two-horse race. Head-to-head tiebreaker, yep. In the AFC. Is is a head-to-head tiebreaker before the division tiebreaker within the division? Yeah, it's head-to-head. So, yeah, that's, that's why they're ahead right now. Well, they own both tiebreakers then. And there's no way for the Bengals to really I, – I, right? There's no way for the Bengals to get either of the first two. The Ravens do have three division games left, so I guess there is one way for, for the Bengals to get back into the tiebreaker mix in the AFC North if they try to win the division. Anyway, not here to talk about that. Wanted to quickly touch on the offensive line. Last week after the game, we thought that they had played pretty well. We watched the tape. Turned out Joe Burrow had done a fantastic job of managing the pocket. This week, I think it was a little bit more obvious – 
Joe Burrow was dealing from a lot of clean pockets. A lot of the issues mm-hmm. that they were having on offense where some of these balls had to be checked down or Joe Burrow scrambling, that was happening from clean pockets. And again, Jonah Williams putting together, I think, uh, another really nice game. And so we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on Lel Collins' health. He missed just one play. Uh, he also had that holding penalty, so hopefully he's doing all right. Uh, Ted Harris, I don't know if you saw this, really fired up after the game, after Tennessee on the kneel downs, started diving through offensive linemen's legs, trying to get after the ball to create a turnover when the Bengals are taking a kneel. And then there's almost a fight at the end of the game after the final whistle. Uh, pretty, pretty nice game for the offensive line. Looked like Joe Burrow was pretty comfortable back there. And that is a big bounce back considering what happened the last time these two teams played. Yeah. <laughs> First off, I don't blame Ted Karras for being uh, upset there. That's annoying because Especially. you know the, the Bengals could have just scored again and run it up, and then guess what? Then it would be the same thing on the other side. That said, yeah, a 180. 180 is a, a good way to describe it because it, it did not feel anything like from a, oh, my God, he's just taking hit after hit after hit. It was the same style of game. Right. It, I think that's fair, but just Burrow overall sacked once mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like he was under a ton of pressure. It just I, honestly, and it's going to be interesting to go back and watch into our film review. Were guys open? Were guys just not getting open regularly? Were they not able to, you know, push the ball down the field at all? Was the, the design because they were working on the quick game early and they had six straight passes early and some of it worked on that first drive, then it didn't work for a while. And, uh, and then they found the running game and relied on that, and it, it, it helped uh, get the offense going a bit. But, yeah, I think uh, the offensive line deserves plenty of praise. And I don't think, unlike last week, we'll take back said praise after watching again because they, uh, they performed at, at a pretty high level. And, look, this isn't some world-beating defensive line right now, you know, but they, Jeffrey Simmons still does exist. And so the fact that they were able to go from 9-1 to one, well, you'll take that any day, regardless of who's injured, who's out there, who's not. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how things look on second viewing. Of course, with the offensive line, there's always a bit of a grain of salt with the post-game reaction there because of the way cameras work, right? The, the cameras in, in, in live NFL games, for me at least, James, you're, you're watching, of course, in the stadium. Eyes and cameras tend to follow the ball when watching live football, and so you don't always see things that are happening in the offensive line. But thought it was a, a pretty solid-looking pocket kind of day for Joe Burrow. So wanted to shout them out as well. And Samaj P. Ryan, especially early, there were a couple of stuffed runs. He finishes with just three and a half yards per carry, but what? Found, found a fair amount of success early in the game to help the offense get moving when they were really struggling for a while, a, a series of three and outs. Some of those, uh, some of those assisted of course, by, by penalties early in the game, but, P. Ryan helped them kind of right the ship and stabilize things in the middle part of the game, I thought. Yeah, he was averaging 4-4 a carry uh, up until his last four attempts. And they were really – I believe they were after – they had the stretch play before the two-minute warning. Like, they were just really trying to run things out. By the way, right there, I like throwing the ball. I would have thrown the ball there. Um, But it doesn't matter. On the second down before the two-minute warning. The second down, yeah, yeah, because there's no reason. It's going to be the two-minute warning regardless. Clock stops. Mm -hmm. You might as well throw it, take a shot at the end zone potentially. But overall, I thought they they were able to be effective running the ball. And that's really all you want from this, right? That's all you want, especially you don't have Joe Mixon. You want Sabah J.P. Ryan, and you want Travion Williams to to be efficient. They ultimately, 
averaged three nine a carry. But uh, there was plenty of that. One Burrow lost three yards on his kneel downs, and, and that counts. He ran for thirty five yards, but he only gets credit for thirty two. Mm. And P Ryan, like I said, he was at fifty seven yards on thirteen attempts, four four a carry. I, it may it might have been fifty three yards. Either way, it was four four a carry, and then those final few carries kind of made that average look a, a little worse than it was. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, you mentioned Travion Williams. We haven't mentioned his name yet today. A couple of massive plays for him as well. One of them on a scramble drill a little bit. Second reaction mm-hmm. play for him and Joe Burrow as Burrow broke contained to the right. Travion Williams got open and better Great throw. Catch. Might have been a touchdown. It was a little bit high for Joe Burrow. Obviously catchable. Travion Williams comes down with it. And you're right. Fantastic catch. Goes for 24 yards. A big third down conversion. And, and one of the first, if not the first, third down conversion of the game. Can't remember exactly what it was now, but they were struggling again to start this game on third downs. I think they were 0 for their first five, finished the game five for 14 or something like that. So they were much better after their first five. But uh, Travion Williams coming up with a big play there. And how about that toss? That's probably the best toss play. Maybe not. Maybe I'm forgetting one. But it was a really good toss play for Travion Williams, breaking a tackle Mm -hmm. in, in a massive players on the right sideline then taking it unfortunately steps out of bounds under five minutes the clock stops there so ideally stays in bounds there but you don't take that away from what was a really nice run for him and after chris evans pulling a little bit of a uh opi getting in the doghouse maybe a little bit didn't see him the rest of the game and, he came and, out he, he was on the field for one more play okay one more play i wonder i wonder what's happened Mm-hmm. on that running back depth chart today. Maybe not officially. We maybe don't officially see a change, but next week if Joe Mixon is back, uh, it'll be interesting, that running back mm-hmm. three spot. What about the RB1 spot? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I will say this, though. Part of the pass protection, there were multiple times where Samaj P. Ryan and Travion Williams just stuck dudes mm-hmm. to keep Burrow upright. And just going to point that out there because that, that's that's a big part of why one Travion Williams could move up and, and another reason why Samaj P. Ryan I think should still continue to get uh, some serious playing time moving forward he's he's been great for this team this year I mean I, I yeah. thought he was pretty clutch last year it wasn't as consistent as it has been this year as a runner as a receiver but yeah. a lot of people were not impressed with Samaj P. Ryan coming into the season I, I think he's shown that he is a quintessential RB2 right now He's doing everything this team needs him to do as a substitute for Joe Mixon in the games where Joe Mixon isn't 100% or can't play, and as a third down back. He's been really good this year. Maybe not as flashy and exciting as as uh, Giovanni Bernard, who who we've talked about. You know, we talked about that comparison before as a recent RB two in the minds of Bengals fans, perhaps. But I, I think he's been solid, and you know, I think they're better when Joe Mixon is on the field as well. And they have the full stable of of running backs out there, but another nice game for Samaj P. Ryan for the offensive line, but also for the defense, James. I know there were a couple of explosive plays that they gave up that we should talk about, but they they did what we thought they had to do. They bottled up Derrick Henry again. No excuses about coming off an injury this time for so-called King Henry as he was held to 17 carries for 38 yards by this Bengals defense. So let's give the defense some love. And maybe maybe there's some special teams talk again here. Drew Christman with another pretty impressive week to finish up the show. 
This show brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy done right because what you do is you pick two to five players and whether they'll score more or less than their Prize Picks projections. It's so easy to play, it's easy to set up, and you don't have to go against you and a thousand other people and random drawings and all of these things. No, no, no. It's you versus the projections. It's that simple. So whether it's the NFL, which naturally you should be in on prize picks in the NFL, NBA, whether it's PGA, college football, college basketball, anything and everything in between, prize picks has you covered. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Promo code locked on. That's it. Promo code locked on, and you're going to get an instant deposit match up to $100. So go there now, pricepicks.com or the pricepicks app, and use promo code locked on. All right, let's go defense. We spent 20 minutes on the offense and true locked on Bengals, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins on the football field fashion. Who can hey, blame us? That's the, the star offense. power. Oh, real quick, real quick, before we go to the defense, just since yeah. we're talking about offense, the fist bump mm-hmm. might be five and one. It, it 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 is five and one. So uh, BC Brian Callahan not five and one fist bump, perfect in November. It's uh, off to a good start. Say that much. And speaking of of November, this is just really quick before we get to the defense again. Here, the Bengals have finished their heavy road part of the schedule. Here, yeah, they have six more games this season. Four of them are at home. Chiefs, Browns at home, Bucks, Patriots yeah, on the road, then they finish the year, Bills, Ravens at home. So we've had a Good. lot of road games for the Bengals this year. They're on that extra road game schedule this year in, in the new 17-game season, and four of six to finish at home. So that's that's pretty cool, I would say, and uh, it should benefit the defense. Mm-hmm. The, the crowds in Cincinnati have been pretty impressive this year, I think. I, I think they have helped. They, there, there has been some impact on the football game difficulty in communicating, uh, some false starts, things like that. But the defense in this game, I mean, we thought Derrick Henry might get his, right? He's been good this year. This was his worst game of the year. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. I'm pretty sure this is his worst game of the year. 17 carries for 38 yards. He did have the screen. So you credit him for that. Uh, you know, the, the the long speed for Derrick Henry always impresses me because he's a giant who can run faster than people that size should be able to run. He did fumble at the end of that play. So uh, a lot there to talk about. One of the things, DJ Reader, I thought, played a better game this week. Mentioned Mike Hilton at the top of the show. Fantastic, fantastic in the running game again this week and, and continues to provide something that not many slot corners in the NFL provide in the run game. As, as our friend Mike at Bengals underscore Sands like to say, linebacker in a slot corner's body. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit of the case today for Mike Hilton. But also uh, Cam Taylor-Britt, I know he gave up the big play to Traylon Burks, but I think you credit him for the work he did in, in tracking down uh, Derrick Henry on that big screenplay because that could have been a massive play for the Bengals in this game. Bouncing ball luck, you, you can't do anything about that, but getting back there and forcing that fumble is something you can do something about. Mm-hmm. Also had a number of other big hits on the day, so nice to see a few ups for Cam Taylor-Britt who – I'm sure, you know, Lou Anarumo would say he still has some work to do in coverage. I thought he was better in that aspect today, but uh, that was nice to see that those big hits. Big hits. He stuck Ryan Tannehill, Mm -hmm. and it ended up being a first down, but just popped him 
Um, I, I, I also, and I tweeted out the video, Mike Hilton. I was like, man, what's it like when you trip Derrick Henry? He was like, oh, trip Derrick Henry. And he didn't say he didn't say it like that, but he was like, "No, I don't. I didn't trip him. I tackled yeah. his. I tackled him, and uh, and I apologize because he is bright. Obviously, I can't believe he can do that. I think about it. He's my height. All right, and those that have been, I'm not tall. I'm five nine. He is my height. I might have a little edge on my kill. And this guy is tackling Derrick Henry and just making it look easy. I. That was uh, was one of my favorite parts of the game. DJ Reader with a couple pass uh, deflections early. Three of them. Um, and and uh, and having him, man, what a difference! What a difference mm-hmm. it makes for everybody. Because now you have you know you have Trey. Obviously, we know what Sam can do, and Sam had a big sack. But uh, yeah, this defense rounding out in the form. And, and you're right they they need someone to get up to speed in that secondary room and, and kind of not make up for Chido, uh, Cheeto going down. But if you don't have Chido Bayouzier, you need someone. And Cam Taylor Britt's getting valuable reps. I will also shout out Eli Apple because he had mm-hmm. multiple nice plays on the ball. Multiple. Yeah, up and down day for him, but mostly up, I would say. Gave up one catch to the rookie tight end whose name I can't remember well enough to pronounce off the top of my head. But uh, outside of that, had a couple nice pass break- breakups as well in the game. That was great to see from a secondary that early on was giving it up a little bit in the first quarter. The, the most effective offense in the game on either side of the ball was the Titans passing offense. Really thought the Bengals settled in a little bit over the course of the game. Again, I would like to see a little bit more pressure. Uh, Trey Hendrickson did get some pressure, didn't quite finish any of those. As I recall, had that roughing the passer call, which wasn't my favorite call in the world, to be honest. No, but, no, but I get it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, DJ Reader with the two two pass defenses, pass defenses, and and one tip pass that ended up being caught anyway. Having him back, big deal. Can't sample the other guy. Uh, I think it's the fourth quarter where there is a a screen pass. The Titans go misdirection screen pass. Maybe this was the third quarter. It was late in the game either way. Can't sample on second down. Blows it up. Absolutely sniffs it out, blows it up in the backfield. Lou Anarumo getting spicy with it, I think, as well in this game from some zero pressures on third and long looks that were effective for the Bengals to get off the field to, you know, mixing up his defensive fronts from putting six on the line of scrimmage, putting four on the line of scrimmage, taking away what the Titans wanted to do in the running game for a vast majority of the game. I mean, Derrick Henry's numbers are even a little bit inflated. 17 for 38, and that's a little bit inflated by the end of the game when the Bengals played too high and, and the Titans bled seven minutes o'clock to kick a field goal and, and never got the ball back. So uh, a lot of credit, I think, to this defense as well is due in this game, and a lot of guys stepping up, making plays. Remain Pratt and Logan Wilson, I thought, again, played a pretty nice game at the linebacker position. So, you know, you, you credit these guys for stepping up without Cheeto out there and uh, for, for playing another good game. And things are really starting to get hard at this point, right? And what happened mm-hmm. last year? When I talk about time being a flat circle, defense started stepping up and helping mm-hmm. the Bengals win some games. And now as the months continue to turn and the weather continues to get colder, we're seeing that again. Yep, you need it. And the other thing you need is, is the special teams element, mm-hmm. which it does feel like now you could say, all right, they, they can win that. They can win the kicking game. 
at, at both punter and kicker. Evan McPherson, what struggles, right? Was three for three, obviously only two counted because of the penalty. They accepted the penalty and ended the game two for two and extra points. But Drew Chrisman, flipping the field, especially early in this game, mattered. And, yeah. and he was able to, to do it and, uh, you know, had the one inside the 20 as well. I uh, I think he's two. He's performing. He's performing well. Well, yeah, had two inside the twenty. Um, I, I think he's performing well, though. Obviously, we knew it was his job, but there's a chance that the Bengals have the better kicker and punter in a lot of matchups. I think moving forward, which at least a chance of that, and there wasn't a chance of that earlier this year. Yeah, Evan McPherson continuing his consistent stretch of play since the one or two rough games for him. He's bounced back nicely and it was very windy again on game day. We, we saw some difficulties with the wind at times, uh, but, but you're right. Drew Chrisman had, I think three punts, if not four punts longer than 50 yards. And one of them that was shorter was because he was kicking into a short field and got a fair catch inside the 20. Yeah. Yeah, he so, had two, he had two inside the twenty as long as sixty two. His average was fifty one point eight on on five punts. Yeah, so. so I think most of those punts were around fifty yards. He hit the sixty two yarder, and then I think one was closer to forty that was kicked into the short field that was fair caught around the ten yard line. So, pretty nice game for Drew Chrisman, the the punter of the future for the Cincinnati Bengals, and we'll continue to the watch that of the roster present. spot. Yeah, present and future. We'll continue to watch that roster spot because. Uh, Kevin Huber remains on the 53-man roster. Drew Crispin has one more week of practice squad call-up eligibility if they choose to play it that way. Mm -hmm. But sooner than later, Drew Crispin is going to be a member of this 53-man roster and will be the punter for the Cincinnati Bengals, another Ohio college prospect uh, making making his professional home in Cincinnati following Kevin Huber's footsteps. Cincinnati native too. Back to back Cincinnati natives. What are the what are the odds of that? Yeah. Not good. And yet here we are. It's I, it's cool. I wonder about that. I wonder how many other teams have guys from the city they play in, like the Bengals have had Sam Hubbard and, and Huber and Crispin. And and Jackson Carmen, if you want to count him. He's not really playing right now, but but him too. A, a lot of Cincinnati guys on this team, which is kind of cool. It is cool. It's rare. I also so back to back punters. Cincinnati natives, maybe, ladies and gentlemen, you need to to get your kids out there and, and have them punt the ball a yeah. little more instead of playing running back. Maybe punter, or, or or do both because you know. Well, sure, do both. Yeah, you always do both. Always. Do I, both. How, how many punters are just punters at at the high school level? There imagine, imagine specializing in that though from a young age, punting and kicking. Because if you could do both, if you could be one roster spot to be the kicker and the punter and save a team a roster spot. How much more valuable are you if you specialize in that from a young age? Oh, well, look at it's you. just an idea. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Seven and four Cincinnati Bengals tied in the win loss column with the Baltimore Ravens at the top of the AFC North, and Ooh. they control their destiny. Six more games this season, four of them at Paul Brown Stadium, and the hardest schedule on paper Paycor. in football. Paycor State. I know. Oh, I just cre- corrected you. I still think of it as PBS too, but I corrected you because I knew the comments. I could feel them as Did you were you? saying it. Yep. Okay, here's what you do. Let us know in the comments if you care, whether we call okay. it Paycor or Paul Brown Stadium. In any event, that's going to do it. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.